Today, Rinpoche continued his discussion on the special insights section of Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, considered one of the most difficult sections of this text or any text written in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. The point of the lack of intrinsic existence of phenomena which does not negate existence is a major emphasis of this teaching. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so welcome to the Chen Rezig Tibetan Buddhist Center. Uh, we are going to begin on page 135 um, in the English, uh, for those of you who are following along. And if, uh, just to begin, if we were to summarize all of Lord Buddha's teachings, we could do, do so by putting them into three separate categories. And these are called the teachings for beings of three capacities, and they lead to three specific results. So the first category are the teachings that are shared, are called the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity, and these practices are for beings who wish to achieve rebirth in the higher realms of cyclic existence. And this practitioner um, engages in uh, going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and then engages in ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. By doing these practices, he or she will be able to achieve rebirth in the higher realms, and these are called the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. The next category would be called, is called the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. This category of teachings is for those beings who wish to achieve complete nirvana or an individual liberation. This practitioner engages in what's called the three highest higher trainings, the highest higher training in ethics, highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training in wisdom. In dependence upon these three highest higher trainings, this practitioner of medium capacity is able to achieve his or her own individual nirvana. Uh, or, or liberation. Uh, then the last category of teachings are the teachings for beings of great capacity. And these teachings lead to complete Buddhahood. This practitioner engages in the practices previously mentioned and couples them with the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, bodhicitta, and then from that generation engages in the practice of the six perfections. And through dependence upon practices, he or she is able to achieve complete Buddhahood. So this is how we would um, summarize the Lord Buddha's teachings into three c categories. Decent. ก็ได้ทางจิตจะตาก็ได้ทางจิตรอลุจะตาเห็นอย่างนั้นงอบทางจิตรอลุจิตตัวบ่เนี่ยตัวมาอยู่เนี่ยดูเจ้าเต็น
ਦੋਨੇ ਇਹ ਨਾ ਤੇ ਕਾਂ ਲੇ ਸ਼ੋਈ ਜੋ ਕੋਈ ਜੋ ਦਾ ਜੋ ਕੋਈ ਜੋ ਦਾ ਜੋਗੇ ਤੇ ਗਾਬੇ ਗੋਪਾ ਤਾਂ ਤੇ ਡਰੇਬੇ ਲਾਤੇ ਬੇ ਦੇਜੇ ਦੇਜੇ ਯੋ ਤੋ ਦੇਜੇ ਵੇ ਨਾ ਸਦਾ ਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਤਾਂ ਪੋਆ ਤਾਂ ਉਹ ਤੋ ਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਤਾਂ ਲਾਤ ਲਾ ਗੋਬਾਇਆ ਰੋਲਾ ਤਦਾ ਯੋ ਨਾ ਕੋਚੋ ਸੋਲਾ ਸੋਬਾ ਥਾਜੇ ਰੋਈ ਰੋਂਗੋ ਤਦਾ ਯਾ ਚੇਜੇਲੇ ਕਾਲਾ ਉਹਪੋ ਥਾਜੇ ਰਾਜੀ ਜੇ ਤੋਬਾ ਰਾਜੇ ਜੇ ਤੋਬਾ ਜੀ ਦਰੋਆ ਤਲਾ ਚਕੇ ਮੈਂ ਬਤਦਾ ਥਾਜੇ ਰੋਆ ਜੁਰੋ ਸਿਦਰ ਸਿਦਰ ਜੋ ਜਨਾ ਕਾਂਗੇ ਸ਼ਕੂ ਜਾਨੇ ਨੇ ਤੇ ਜੀ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਤੇ ਜੀ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਲਾ ਤੋਬਾਨੀ ਚੇ ਫਾਦੇ ਤੀਸਰ ਕਾਲਾ ਤੋਬਾਨੀ ਰੋਆ ਤਲਾ ਤੇ ਤੇ ਜੀ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਰੋਲਾ ਕਾਲਾ ਤੇ ਜੀ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਰੋਆ ਤਲਾ ਫਾਬੀ ਦਬਜੇ ਫਾਬੀ ਦਬਜੇ ਨਾ ਨੇ ਰਿਬਜੋਰੋ ਚਤਰ ਸ਼ੇਨਾ ਕਾਂ ਗਿਸ਼ਰ ਤੈਂਜੇ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਤੈਂਜੇ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਨੇ ਦੁਗੇ ਨੇ ਦੁਜੇ ਤੈਂਜੇ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਤੈਂਜੇ ਦਬਜੋਆ ਤੈਂਜੇ ਦਬਰੇ ਮਜੋਆ ਨੇ ਮਾਇਨੋ ਤੈਨੇ ਰਾਜੇ ਮੈਂ ਵੀ ਤੋਂਬਾ 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 ਜੋਰੋ ਦੁਗੇ ਯੋਨਾ ਦੁਗੇ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਦੁਗੇ ਕੁਜੋਦਾ ਕੁਜੋ ਦਾ ਦੁਗੇ ਗੋਬਾ ਦਾ ਦੁਗੇ ਗੋਬਾ ਜੀ ਲਾ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਤੀਸਰ ਨੇ ਦੁਗੇ ਯੋਸ ਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਦਾ ਕੁਜੋ ਪੋਆ ਦਾ ਗੋਬਾ ਗੋ ਤੋ ਸ਼ਵਾ ਦਾ ਲਾ ਗੋਬਾ ਯਾ ਰੋਂ ਦੁਗੇ ਲਾ ਸੋਬਾ ਦੇਬਾ ਦੇਬਾ ਯੋਸੋ ਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਲਾ ਸੋਬਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਦੇਬੋ ਥਾ ਜੋ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਦੇਬੋ ਨਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਦੇਬਲਾ ਤੇਬਾ ਤਾ ਰੋਂਗੋ ਦੇਬੋ ਦੇਬਲਾ ਨੇਬਾ ਤਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਸ਼ੋਬਾ ਤਾ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਨੇ ਦੇਬੋ ਦੇਬੋ ਦੇਬਲਾ ਨੇਬਾ ਤਾ ਸ਼ੋਬਾ ਤਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਗਨੀ ਰੋਂਗਾ ਗਨੀ ਗਨੀ ਰੋਂਗਾ ਫਾਬੀ ਦੇਬਾ ਨਾ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਤਾਂ ਵੀ ਛੇ ਜਾਂ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਤਾਂ ਵੀ ਛੇ ਜਾਂ ਛੇ ਦਾ ਗਨੀ ਯੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਸਾਜੇ ਜਾਂ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਤੀਸਰ ਕੋਜੋ ਸੋਇਆ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਜਿਤੇ ਬਦਾਂ ਜਿਤੇ ਲੈਂਦੇ ਵੇ ਜਿਤੇ ਲੈਂਦੇ ਵੇ ਉਹ ਪਥਾਂਜੇ ਛਬਰਤ ਹੋ ਤੋ ਬਥਾਂਜੇ ਰੋਲਾ ਛੇ ਛੇ ਦਾਂ ਛੇ ਮਾਈ ਛੇ ਦਾਂ ਛੇ ਦਾਂ ਛੇ ਮਾਈ ਬਾ ਛੇ ਦਾਂ ਛੇ ਮਾਈ ਬਾ ਤਾ ਦਾਂ ਤੇ ਦਬਦਾਂ ਜਿਤੇ ਲੈਂਦੇ ਬਥਾਂਜੇ ਦਾ ਜਾਂ ਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਤੀਸਰ ਤਦਾ ਨਾ ਕਾਲਾ ਕਾਲਾ ਤੋਂ ਬਾਜੀ ਰੋਆ ਤਲਾ ਸਾਂਜੇ ਰੋਆ ਜੋਰੋ ਕਾਲਾ ਤੋਂ ਜੀ ਰੋਆ ਤਲਾ ਤੇ ਜੀ ਦਬਨ ਜੋਆ ਜੋਆ ਇਹ ਮੈਂ ਬੇ ਥਾਂਜੇ ਮਰੋਂ ਜੋਰੋ ਸੇ ਸੋਂਬੇ ਅਨੇ ਮਰੋਂ ਮਰੋਂ ਅਨੇ ਮਰੋਂ ਅਨੇ ਤਦਾ ਇਹ ਬਤਾ ਮੈਂ ਬਲਾ ਕੋ ਆਸ਼ਾਓ 
So again, we're on page 135. It's chapter 11 in the English, but it's not, it's not even a new paragraph in the text in the Tibetan. So it's just, um, so it's chapter 11 in the English, page 135. Um, how is it that all cyclic existence in nirvana is possible in a system that asserts emptiness? As I will explain below, proponents of the view that all things are empty of intrinsic existence argue that this is possible by reason of things arising in dependence on causes and conditions. This being the case, dependent arising is tenable within emptiness of intrinsic existence, and when dependent arising is tenable, suffering is also tenable. For suffering may be attributed only to what arises in dependence on causes and conditions. It cannot be attributed to what does not arise dependently. When true suffering exists, when the true origin for which it arises, the, ces the cessation, that is, the stopping of that suffering, and the paths leading to those cessations are tenable. Thus, all four truths exist. When the four truths exist, then it is possible to understand, to eliminate, and to actualize the first three truths, respectively, and it is possible to cultivate true paths, then such practices exist. Then everything, the three jewels and so forth, is tenable. As Chandrakirti's clear word says, For those to whom this emptiness of intrinsic existence of all things makes sense, everything that has been mentioned also makes sense. Why? Because we call dependent arising emptiness. Thus, dependent arising makes sense in a system in which emptiness makes sense. And the Four Noble Truths are reasonable for those to whom dependent arising makes sense. Why? Because only that which arises dependently can be suffering, nor what does not arise dependently. Can be suffering, nor what does not arise dependently. Since what arises dependently lacks intrinsic nature, it is empty. Once there is suffering, then the origins of suffering, the cessations of suffering, and the paths leading to the cessations of suffering also make sense. Therefore, through understanding of suffering, elimination of origins, actualization of cessation, cultivation of paths also makes sense. When there is thorough understanding, etc., of the truth, suffering, etc., then it makes sense that there will be spiritual results. Once there are results, then it makes sense that there are people who have achieved those results. This, in turn, implies the possibility of people who are approaching those results. Once there are those people who are approaching and achieving those results, then the community is possible. Possible, community meaning Sangha. When the noble truth exists, then the sublime teaching also makes sense. And when the sublime teaching and community exist, then the Buddhas are possible as well. Therefore, the three jewels also make sense. 
All profound knowledge of everything mundane and supermundane makes sense. Proper and improper conduct, the results of that, happy and miserable rebirths, and all worldly conventions make sense as well. Therefore, in that way, Nagarjuna says, for those to whom emptiness makes sense, everything makes sense. If emptiness does not make sense, then dependent arising would not exist, and so nothing would make sense. Therefore, you should understand that what makes sense and what does not make sense here refer to whether those things exist. As cited earlier, an objection of, by essentialists appears in Nagarjuna's refutation of objections. If all things are completely without intrinsic nature, then your words also lack intrinsic nature and thus cannot refute intrinsic existence. The Master Nagarjuna clearly answers that functionality is tenable within the context of the absence of intrinsic existence, the refutation of objections. We propound that the dependent arising of things is called emptiness. That which arises dependently has no intrinsic nature. Also, Nagarjuna's own commentary on the refutation of objections here says, Failing to comprehend the emptiness of things, you essentialists look for something to criticize and argue against the Madhyamaka, saying, Your words lack intrinsic nature and therefore cannot refute the intrinsic existence of things. Here in Madhyamaka, the dependent arising of things is emptiness. Why? Because they lack intrinsic nature. Nature. Those things that arise dependently are not associated with intrinsic nature because they lack intrinsic nature. Why? Because they rely on causes and conditions. If things had intrinsic nature, then they would exist even without causes and conditions. Since such is not the case, they lack intrinsic nature. Therefore, we speak of them as empty. Similarly, my words are also dependent arisings and therefore are without intrinsic nature. Because they lack intrinsic nature, it is reasonable to say they are empty. Because things such as pots and cloths are dependent arisings, they are empty of intrinsic nature. Yet a pot can receive and hold honey, water, and soup. A cloth can protect one from the cold wind and sun. And so it is with my words, because they are dependent arisings, they lack intrinsic nature, yet they are fully capable of establishing that things lack intrinsic existence. Therefore, it is inappropriate for you to give the argument, because your words lack intrinsic nature, it is not tenable that they refute the intrinsic existence of all things. Thus, Nagarjuna speaks very clearly about the pervasion that whatever relies on causes and conditions lacks intrinsic nature, and the counter-pervasion that whatever has intrinsic nature does not rely on causes and conditions. He very clearly says that with words, that words without intrinsic nature can carry out refutations and proofs. It is even necessary to point out that dependent arising, the production and cessation of afflicted and pure phenomena, independence on causes and conditions, is located right together with the absence of intrinsic existence. Dependent arising is the best reason to use in order to know the absence of intrinsic existence. You should be aware that the only the Madhyamaka experts have this unique approach. If you hold that dependent production and dependent cessation would have to be essentially existent, and you use the arguments against intrinsic existence to refute the dependent arisings of production and cessation, then those arguments, like a god transformed into a demon, will be a tremendous obstacle to finding an accurate understanding of the Madhyamaka. Uh, and, and here it says, you should be aware that only the Madhyamaka experts have this unique approach. This word expert implies the Prasangika school, uh, the highest of the Madhyamaka schools, the consequentialists. Digsong uh, Rinpoche. Tell 
ngaba Lamba Kishine Tadon Omaba Omita Mane Mane Par Sebajela Tawa Nebi Jur Kilambi Chitin Tabar Sonashi Jir Jane Tu Sabatan Dibajon Yu Gutoman and Bebadan Kebalatene Tubadan Sambala Tumba Shao Tendai Nadula Nebandeba Ni Ni Sute Setatan to Sonu Omi Tawa Shinto Nia Kawala Gone Taji Raji Jibale Raji Nijibale Tesisha Bichundi Tindu Kawa Changune and Tubi Tun Chudele Rodo Loba Jubay Shedan Rejectiman Chunde Jun Tata Yuba 
to be found, then who is it that knows the pots and such do not exist? So they say things are neither existent nor non-existent. <laughs> if the false certainty brought on by this sort of counterfeit reasoning were considered a case of finding the Manyamaka view, then gaining that view would seem to be the easiest thing in the world. Therefore, the intelligent should develop an unshakable certainty that the very meaning of emptiness is dependent arising. This is what is said in the definitive scriptures and is pure and is and in the pure Madhyamaka texts, the treatises that comment on the intended meaning of those definitive scriptures. This is the distinguishing feature of the Madhyamaka Madhyamika experts. Maybe it's Madhyamika and Madhyamakan. Specifically, this is the subtle point that the noble Nagarjuna and his spiritual son Aryadeva had in mind upon such which the master Buddhapalita and the glorious Chandrakirti gave fully comprehensive commentary. This is how dependent arising bestows a certain knowledge of the absence of intrinsic existence. This is how it dawns on you that it is things which are devoid of intrinsic existence that are causes and effects. Dixon, <laughs> Na Lenonyumbe Chubachi Dumber, Never, 
Rajin Gobi Rebe, Chendu Su Chan Goba Rajin Chuna Tabatuba Gobi Reba Dege, and then Chuatajin Goba is a lodger, Mares, and then Ten Goba Hina, Chetalongres, Tuna Goba Debi Debi Shir, Tanya Tuan, Chendu Sukaba, Chendu Selos, Kaji de Gote. The Lord Gundus, Dona, Raji, Raji, Mabata, Chindusa, Chingas, Gabon, Dona, Gawan, Dona, Raji, Tombi, Tombala, Kondi, Naja, Taji, Teba, Debani, Kantoya, Nemoroi, Omabi, Chichi, Jibutini, Kabayino, Teda. ただんがわまんどなね、ラジンゴビリベ、ガジャラチェバチェン、ね、じゃ。じゃまごばちんがたんちんどそごばどら。じゅてんやんたばちんめど。てな、ラジンゴビリベ、じゅてんごなね、
How these systems contradict this distinguishing feature of Madhyamaka. Thus, the system of Nagarjuna, the protector, is that phenomena do not have even a particle of essential or intrinsic nature. Also, if there were no, if there were intrinsic existence, then all of the teachings on cyclic existence and nirvana would be impossible. Since it is inappropriate not to give those teachings, all the teachings on bondage, freedom, etc. should be set forth. Thus, you definitely must assert the absence of intrinsic existence. However, you misinterpreters of Madhyamaka seem to say, as things have no essential or intrinsic nature, then what else is there? Therefore, it is not necessarily necessary to add a qualification such as ultimate when refuting bondage, freedom, production, cessation, etc. Bond, bondage, etc. are refuted by the arguments that refute intrinsic existence. If you say this, think about how much you should not contradict that which allows you, in the absence of intrinsic existence, to posit freedom, uh, bondage, freedom, arising, disintegration, and so forth. Uh, objection. The Master Chandrakirti holds that te teachings on cyclic existence and nirvana, bondage, freedom, etc., are made conventionally, and we also accept these conventionally. Hence, there is no fault. This is not reasonable, for you also accept the Master Chandrakirti's assertion that phenomena have no essential or intrinsic nature, even conventionally. The argument refuting intrinsic existence must refute it even conventionally, and you claim that the argument refuting intrinsic existence also refutes bondage, freedom, and so forth. Therefore, it is quite clear that in your system, bondage, freedom, and so forth are refuted even conventionally. In brief, if you claim that the absence of intrinsic existence contradicts bondage, freedom, production, cessation, etc., then it will be impossible in terms of either truth. To give the full and correct teachings on nirvana and cyclic existence within emptiness, the emptiness of intrinsic existence, you must have therefore denied the unique feature of Madhyamaka. If you claim that the absence of intrinsic existence does not contradict bondage and such, and then you are left without any good reason with which to support your claim that without having to add any qualifications such as ultimate to what is negated, the argument refuting intrinsic existence also refutes production, cessation, bondage, freedom, etc. Therefore, if the argument refuting intrinsic existence refutes causes and effect, then you are asserting that production, disintegration, and such are impossible in the absence of intrinsic existence. In that case, it is quite clear that your production does not differ in the slightest from the essentialist argument set forth in the 24th chapter of Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise. Uh, if, these were all, if these were all empty, there would be neither arising nor disintegration. It follows that for you. The, no the noble truths would not exist. It follows that for you the noble truths would not exist. Nor does your position differ at all from the essentialist argument set forth in Nagarjuna's refutation of extremes. If all things are completely without intrinsic nature, then your words also lack intrinsic nature and thus cannot refute intrinsic existence. Objection. 
uh, production, disintegration, and so forth are possible neither within emptiness of intrinsic existence nor within non-emptiness of intrinsic existence, since we assert neither emptiness of intrinsic existence nor non-emptiness of tr intrinsic existence. We have no fault. Reply, the reading of the Madhyamaka text is utterly inappropriate. As Chandrakirti's clear words proves, we avoid the fallacy that arising disintegration and such would, be not, would not be tenable. What is more, the four truths, etc., are tenable. Also, Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise makes a clear distinction between the tenability of the Four Noble Truths in the context of emptiness of intrinsic existence and their untenability in the context of non-emptiness. Further, China Kirti's commentary on the Middle Way says, Empty things such as reflections depend on a collection of causes. It is not as though this were not well known. From those empty reflections and so forth arise consciousness that bear their image. Similarly, even though all things are empty, from those empty things, effects are definitely produced. Moreover, when reason refutes bondage, freedom, and so forth, according to your assertion, it is not suitable to refute those ultimately, and thus they must be refuted conventionally. In that case, one would be refuting all teachings on cyclic existence and nirvana even conventionally. Such a madhyamaka is without precedent. Sumba Shira Rimbo this the Triwa Sumba Sumba Gutso Triwa Dan Lenja Chan Salangari Begang is in this shit a trouble do. The draw then Sharon Salangari Be. Let's go. Let's draw. We're going to do a little bit more. It's material is very difficult, um, and Rimche said that you know we'll just do a little more and then we'll do questions. Uh, he was going to stop there and said, "Let's just do a little more." So what the Oma be led? Chetara taba ne? Mabo rajinji tona rajinji jundi jado moroa. Tuba tuba ndela tuba ndela gomuludu ne? Oma. Oh, <coughs> Kede Jesus, 
ดบลกบตะบิชิเนเจเมบะเจเมบะเมบะเมบะยูโซเจบะยีโนเจบะชาเตเนคูจาเมบะมาอีเตโวนะเจเชนาเดดะราจิเจเมตโวเชนาบะ
Tanya 
che taba shebe tenye so khatan choba doba yinte temandu be konsu ba ranji yeba ta me ba ni taba shawa marote pena khadu de yena khobala so be sebala so ba so jen droba droba don rawo sa dedi sa ya which um does anyone remember where I left off 41 Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew it went on. Um, and one thing I just, Rinpoche um, mentioned in the midst of reading um, here um, where it says, if you say this, think about how you should not contradict that which allows you in the absence of intrinsic existence to posit bondage, freedom arising, disintegration, and so forth. Uh, it's important here to be able to posit um, that these things exist while still not intrinsically existing. So one needs to be able to posit that these things conventionally do um, uh, have function in terms of bondage, freedom arising, disintegration, and so forth, yet they do not have an intrinsic nature. But falling to the idea that they don't exist is a nihilistic view, and that's the view that you're trying to avoid. Um, so Rimache mentioned that at that point, and I forgot to mention it. So there we are. Um, C. How a Madhyamika respond? How a Madhyamikan <laughs> responds to those who negate the distinguishing feature of Madhyamika? To the objection, if things were empty of intrinsic existence, the causes and effects of a cyclic existence in Nirvana could not be set forth. Nagarjuna and Protector responds that since this, that since the fallacy that Madhyamikas we're going to adduce has been ad, has been advanced against them. They will turn it around and use it against the objectors. The twenty-fourth chapter of Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise says, "You take your own fallacies and turn them into ours, like someone who, while riding on a horse, forgets that very horse. If you regard things as existing intrinsically, then you regard all things as having no causes or conditions." If all these phenomena were not empty, there would be neither arising nor disintegration. It would follow that for you essentialists, the Four Noble Truths would not exist. And there are other such passages. Therefore, it is clear that those who argue if there is no essential or intrinsic existence, then what else is there? Have unquestionably failed to distinguish between a seedling's lack of intrinsic existence and a seedling's lack of existence. Because of that, they have also failed to distinguish between the existence of a seedling and the existence of a seedling by way of its own essence. Therefore, they clearly hold that whatever exists must exist essentially, and if something is not essentially existent, then it does not exist. Otherwise, they would they, otherwise why would they claim that the arguments 
refuting essential existence, refute mere existence and mere production and cessation, etc. They claim that insofar as seedlings and such are asserted to exist, they must exist essentially, and they claim that if seedlings utterly lack essential existence, they must be utterly non-existent. In taking these positions, they undeniably fall to both extremes of permanence and annihilation. Thus, their perspective is no different from that of the essentialists. For Chandrakirti's commentary on Arya Deva's 400 stanzas, the Bodhisattva Yogacara Kadusataka says clearly, the essentialists say that whenever things exist, there is essence, and they see it. Without essence, these things would be completely non-existent, like the horn of a donkey. Therefore, the, these essentialists can avoid being proponents of both extremes of permanence and annihilation. Consequently, consequentially, it is difficult to reconcile all of their explicit assertions. So it's once you start to um, take apart the assertions of essentialists, you find that they're... Um, they don't hold up. The glorious Chandrakirti distinguishes intrinsic existence from existence. He also distinguishes the absence of intrinsic existence from non-existence. Unless you know this, you will no doubt fall to both extremes, unless you will not know the meaning of the middle way, which is without extremes. For when it turns out that a phenomena utterly lacks ex essential existence, for it will be utterly non-existent. Then, since there will be no way at all to posit cause and effect within emptiness, emptiness of intrinsic existence, you will fall to an extreme of annihilation. Once you accept that a phenomenon exists, you have to assert that it essentially exists. In that case, it will be impossible for you to treat cause and effect as similar to illusions in the sense that they appear to exist intrinsically, whereas they do not. Consequently, you will fall to the extreme of permanence or of substantialism. Therefore, to avoid falling to the extreme of existence, you must realize that from the outset of all phenomena lack even a particle of essential existence. And to escape the extreme of non-existence, you must develop the certain definite knowledge that things such as seedlings nevertheless have the power to perform their own functions. That is, they do not turn into non-things which are empty of cap capacity to perform functions. A clear differentiation between the absence of intrinsic existence and non-existence is set forth in Chandrakirti's clear words. Give me just one second here. <clears throat> Objection. The claim that things lack intrinsic existence will wipe out everything the Bhavagan said, such as you experience the fruition of the karma that you yourself have done. By making this claim, you mistakenly deny karma and its effects. Therefore, you are the supreme nihilists. Reply, we are not nihilists. We refute both the proposition of existence and the proposition of non-existence. We illuminate that path free from these two, the path that leads to the city of nirvana. We also do not claim karma, agents, effects, and so forth do not exist. What do we say? We posit that these lack intrinsic nature. Objection. There is still a defect in your position because it is not tenable for things that lack intrinsic nature to function. Reply. Again, there is no such defect because functionality is not a test in that which has intrinsic nature. Functionality is attested only in which that which lacks intrinsic nature. The essentialist position... position is that the denial of intrinsic nature prevents karma from giving rise to effects. This is no different from the assertion by Tibetans who claim to be Madhyamikas that the uh, arguments 
which refute intrinsic existence, refute cause and effect. The Madhyamika and the Essentialists argue, agree, that if one denies cause and effect, one becomes the most extreme sort of nihilist. However, the Madhyamika does not deny cause and effect, and still the Essentialist calls the Madhyamika a nihilist or a nihilistic. Uh, supposing that if you refute intrinsic existence, then you certainly must also refute cause and effect. Most Tibetans who claim to be Madhyamikas seem to argue with the essentialist assertion that if the argument refutes intrinsic nature, it must also refute cause and effect. Yet, unlike essentialists, those Tibetans seem pleased to please that uh, reason refutes cause and effect, taking this to be the Madhyamika system. Yeah, I kept going. In, in <clears throat> Low Mambo. <clears throat> in answer to this objection, Chandrakirti responds, We are not nihilists. We eliminate the propositions of existence and non-existence. We eliminate, illuminate the path to liberation. The rest of the passage shows how he avoids the positions of existence and non-existence by saying, we do not claim that karma and effects and so forth are non-existent. Chandrakirti avoids the nihilistic position. We would be nihilist if we asserted that cause and effect and so forth do not exist. But we do not assert this. In response to the question, well, what do you hold? Chandrakirti says, we posit or assert that those, that these, karma, effects and so forth, lack intrinsic nature. He thereby avoids the position of existence. This statement there is still a defect in your position because it is not tenable for that which lacks intrinsic nature to function indicates the essentialist objection. You Madhyamikas say, we do not propound non-existence, we propound an absence of intrinsic nature, but you still cannot escape the fallacy that we have already stated. Without intrinsic nature, cause and effect are not tenable. Those essentialists raise this objection because in their system there is no difference between the absence of intrinsic nature and non-existence. In reply, Chandrakirti says that functions such as causes giving rise to effects are impossible in the context of intrinsic existence and yet are possible only in the absence of intrinsic existence. Also, Chandrakirti's commentary on Arya Deva's 400 stanzas says, we are not proponents of non-existence, we are proponents of dependent arising. Are we proponents of real things? No, because we are proponents only of dependent arising. What do we propound? We propound dependent arising. What is the meaning of dependent arising? It means the absence of intrinsic existence. It means no intrinsically existent production. It means the arising of effects whose nature is similar to a magician's illusion, a mirage, a reflection, a phantom city, an emanation, or a dream. It means emptiness and selflessness. Chandrakirti shows that by asserting dependent arising, you can avoid the two extremes. The, po the position that holds things exist and position that things do not exist. He avoids the position that things exist by explaining that dependent arising means no intrinsically existent production, and he avoids the position that things do not exist by indicating that dependent arising refers to the arising of effects like a magician's illusion. Therefore, thing may refer either to intrinsic existence or to the capacity to perform a function. Between these two, the thing in the essentialist position that things exist refers only to intrinsic existence thing in the position that things do not exist refers to the that perform functions. For in avoiding these two extremes, Chandrakirti refutes intrinsic existence and indicates that these do exist, there do exist causes and effects like 
causes and effects that are like a magician's illusion. Moreover, Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 uh, stanzas says, Question, do you, Madhyamika's claim that there are no memory consciousness that have as their objects the things of the past? Reply, who would claim that such do not exist? We do not eliminate dependent arising. The Master Aryadeva himself gives a precise statement of how memory exists. Therefore, the arising of what we call memory is only an unreal subject that, is an un, that, that has with an unreal object. Therefore, what memory observes is something in the past. If the past thing essentially existed, then the memory of it would be observing an object, object that essentially exists. Therefore, the memory would be essentially existent. By insofar as that thing, past thing, lacks intrinsic existence, the memory observing it also lacks intrinsic existence. Therefore, Aryadeva has established that the past object and the memory of it are unreal. Unreal means only lacking intrinsic existence and, and dependent arising. It does not mean the non-existence of things that can perform functions. A past thing is not entirely non-existent because it is an object of memory and it effects can be seen, and its effects can be seen. It also does not essentially exist, for if it did, it would be, have to be permanent and it would have to be directly apprehensible. Let's see, where did we stop? Rimche, Chukabakasa? The Dang Drao. Okay, Dang Drao. I, I know where what we are. Okay, that's good. I just don't want to read too far. Okay. Where did I just stop? I'm sorry. Okay. Chandrakirti says that these past objects and such are not utterly non-existent and are also not essentially existent. He explains that unreal or fake things, fake means being a dependent arising. So unreal or fake means being a dependent arising and does not mean that things do not exist. Therefore, if you claim that these phenomena are essentially existent, then you are a proponent of real things. You have fallen to the extreme of intrinsic existence. However, to hold that these phenomena are simply existent does not make you a proponent of real things or a proponent of real existence. Similarly, if you hold that if you, similarly, if you hold that internal and external things are non-things, devoid of the capacity to perform functions, then you are profounding the non-existence of things and you have fallen into the extreme of non-existence. However, if you do not fall to an extreme of non-existence by saying that things... You do not fall to an extreme of non-existence by saying that things lack intrinsic existence. Some Tibetans who claim to be Madhyamikas do not distinguish their non-existence do not distinguish utter non-existence from the absence of intrinsic existence and do not distinguish essential existence from mere existence. They have hope to avoid falling to the extremes of existence and non-existence by simply saying, we do not claim that things are non-existent. Mepa is the Tibetan for non-existent. We say that they are not existent. Yoba Mepa, Yimba. We say that they are not existent. Yoba, Yoba Mayimba. We do not claim that things exist. Yoba. We say that they are not non-existent. Mepa Mayimba. Um, this is nothing but a mass of contradictions. It does not in the least explain the meaning of the middle way. 
For when they refute others, they perform the refutation via an investigation of whether or not something intrinsically exists. Therefore, they have to limit the possibilities to two. Intrinsically exists or it does not. Yet, in making their own assertions, they claim there is something that is neither of these two. They, why should they have to limit the possibilities to the two when they investigate something to see whether or not it intrinsically exists? Because if there were a third possibility beyond those two, it would not be reasonable to investigate the question, which is it, which is it, intrinsically existent or not intrinsically existent? It would be as though there were a color and someone asked, is it blue or is it yellow? That's it. Okay, so we're going to end there. whole lot of words. And um, we can do some questions. I think uh, if someone's unsure if things are intrinsically existent at this point, I don't know. <laughs> or that they don't exist because they're not intrinsically existent. I think we've really... Really, we've really gone through that. <laughs> oh, um, I was just wondering, I wasn't quite sh sure how the word essentially existent was being used. Was that for... Just like intrinsic, essentially, it's another way intrinsic? to say that. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to go back to something from last week. Um, it's on page 126 in the English. Okay. Okay. It's kind of talking about the same topic, um, about three quarters of the way down. If you fail to limit the object in negation and overextend your refutation, uh -huh. then you'll lose confidence in the causal progression of dependent arising, thereby fa uh, falling to a nihilistic extreme. Mm -hmm. This nihilistic view will lead you to a rebirth in a miserable realm. Yeah. So I struggle with this idea of the kind of the cosmic <coughs> scorecard that there's con things, ideas, and actions that are going <coughs> to definitively put you into one realm or another. Because it doesn't say it may lead you. It says it will lead you. Mm. Um, so I, don't, I guess two things. One... Um, in, the, in the teachings of the Buddha, the original sutras, does he kind of expound on this, um, these levels explicitly and how you end up in one or another? And are they applied differently depending on where you are at in your development? So do beings of small capacity, medium capacity, and great capacity have different results from their actions? Because I remember you saying at one point that, you know, that bodhisattvas can't cut down a tree. Like they have different criteria for for where their actions a monk or a nun a, a holder of a of vow. a of a a, of the monk or nun's vow within there there is a abstinence from cutting okay a tree. so like are they is this only applying because we're at beings of great capacity mm -hmm. so does this type of action apply only to someone at this level are there distinctions like that that okay. actions have different results based on you know your knowledge or if someone that you know, was taught this nihilistic view, but was a perfect, per, you know, like compassionate, generous person in every other regard, are they still going to a miserable rebirth because of this one concept? 
Well, so, all of that compassion and wonderfulness is going to send them to all kinds of wonderful rebirths, and then that wrong view is going to send them to a bad rebirth, and they aren't connected. One, okay, so that one You know what I mean? You have to look at it in terms of like, you can literally create a million lifetimes in this lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. causes of a yeah. million lifetimes. Okay. Um, but that's what I say. Okay. So we're going to... And, and we're then gonna, the second one. I'll get to like, Rinpoche... Um, and then the different right you know, levels having yep, different impacts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rinpoche, i got to get him to the page. I'll just give him my book. Just give me one second. I'll find exactly where it is. Oh, I see. That's the Nipa. So it's right up here then. Rimache, the Lamrim Chemo Nala. The Lamatson Kappa Kalen. The Luta Cheta. Cheta Yuna. The Nesung. Drogare. Nesung. The Nyawa Dendru Yeda Drogare. Nene. The Tanda Natsu Jipu Chembo. Lanji Rimba. Sacha. The Sacha de the Jipu Chembi. Chembo. Then, vib me kanga chita yuna nesondro jipu chembi the lobjong sheken luta chana nesondro. Me kanga jipu chen jipu gutsu sun. Chita yuna nesondro the ne the the chita yuna the nation draw matcha chita yuna ko yo chitu nebutene dipa mashana the chita gi depo nation dipa mashana juje 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 dipa mashana the juje gecha shena the the chita yuna chita the Nesongi Ju. Okay. Okay. Um, so, it, no matter what, no matter what level you're at, I explained to Rinpoche that now we're in the section for beings of great capacity, and is this advice being given to somebody who's already has this kind of pre-understanding and so forth, um, when it says that uh, uh, the wrong view and specifically the wrong view of nihilism will lead to lower realms. So Rinpoche said, from a cause and effect standpoint, yes, the, re the cause of one of, or a cause, a cause of the lower realms of cyclic existence is nihilism, is a nihilistic view. If that hasn't been purified by acknowledgement of that downfall in some way or another, if it hasn't been purified, then it will necessarily lead to the lower realms of cyclic existence. Now, the chitta shitta chembo, the dungya mo, chitta chung chung, rimbo yurbe. So there are, though, if you have a very strong um, nihilistic view over and over again, 
that will lead to a much stronger result of lower realms, whatever that may mean, than if it was just a quick, small amount of that, that wrong view of nihilism. So in terms of result, the degree of result is concordant with the execution, the degree of ex execution, kind of like the small, medium, and great karma, and the, the results, the degrees, and the, the, the degrees and what those degrees give rise to. Um, so it's similar to that. But certainly, it, it's just from cause and effect. If you say, what is, the what is a cause of the lower realms? You would say, um, it is uh, nihilism. And if you have nihilism, will you be led to the lower realms? Not necessarily. Why? Because it can be purified. But if the nihilism isn't purified, will, be, will that nihilism be a cause for lower realms? Yes. So that Rinpoche went through all of that. Does that answer it all? Cool. Don. DJ Don. The difficulty in um, the two words, emptiness and uh, and uh, existence. So okay. we exist. Um, if we touch ourselves, we exist. Yes. Do we exist... And we also exist in the, I'm thinking of emptiness as a total field. We, we exist in emptiness. Emptiness exists. Yeah, em, so. But, we exist so, and so, emptiness exists. But, but, we are but, empty and emptiness is empty. Okay. So as, as we exist as a body, we exist. Okay. Um, we can touch ourselves, but then... Um, when we die, we won't. That body won't be anymore. So we don't. But that body would still be in um, emptiness, or not. The body would be emptiness, but that sense of what was there will be an emptiness. Um, I think it's it's just the two words. Uh, emptiness. Uh, emptiness just means that whatever the thing we're saying is empty, dependently originates. That's all we're saying. That's why it's empty. It's only because it, it's a collection, it, comes to, it doesn't have some identity on its own, uh -huh. it dependently originates. That's okay. what m makes it empty. So everything is empty. It's empty, okay. Is empty, but... And everything that exists is empty. Okay. Emptiness does not ex negate existence in any way. The, the two words, yeah. just take those two words and separate them completely okay. because they don't have anything to do with one another whatsoever. And the, the thing that gets confusing is when you do connect them and you think that emptiness means somehow not existing. It means that you don't exist in a way that you think you do. Okay. That's the thing about the existence part. You don't exist the way you think you do, but you do exist. Okay. And not, I don't mean you, Don. I mean right. you as a mass. Most people think, we think yeah. we exist kind of as a soul, as this singular being that will always be. 
Like I'm walking around. I don't feel like I'm going to disintegrate and then there'll be this future person that doesn't remember me. I think I'm this solid thing that really exists. So I make a lot of decisions based on that wrong idea that I'm really here. I'm this singular thing that doesn't, isn't just a collection of things that came together. Uh, I'm looking at myself as something that's really separate and single. And, and that doesn't exist, that separate single thing. Okay. I'm here, but the way I think I'm here is incorrect. Oh, okay. That's all. That, yeah, that the way sense. I think I'm here is wrong, but I'm here, but the way I think I'm here isn't correct. And, and if we were here as, um, not as a thought, but if we were here in emptiness. Uh, we, you stop the yeah. in emptiness stuff. Okay. Yeah, if you're making it a place, and I think yeah. that's what confuses yeah. it. Yeah. It's not a place, it's not a field. It's merely a concept about everything. Okay. It's merely saying that everything is empty. Why is it empty? Because it's not intrinsically existent. It has parts that come together as a collection. And then that collection is a suitable basis to be named something. Like you put these things together, and it'll roll down the road and drive. So it's suitably to be called a car. So then you name it a car. But there isn't this separate car that is, exists as intrinsically car. It takes all that stuff coming together. Okay. So we miss it. We look at yeah. things as having input qualities on them they don't have because we don't see this collection and all this stuff being put together. We see this final product as being this singular, substantially existent thing. And then we put labels. This is a yeah. Ferrari, so it's wonderful. This is a whatever, so it's not. Yeah. But it, we misapprehend it and, because we think it's not empty. We think it has these qualities. That's all. Rimche kon tomba ni dang yoba. Sansan kon kali kapudu. Yoba, mepa. Garshene tomba ni yene yoba. Tomba ni den mepa kon sanodan. Den ye mambo mambo lason. Dendel yimbichir. Den mambo ju. Mambo lason. Luta yomari. Den ye tsampa selpochasan. Then Rimbache. Um Chutamche Tomp the Tombani Garshane. Tombani is the Nagas as it was. Not the what the Mobitu Tubala Tune Nazik in the Euro. Tubala Matubi Nazik in the Euro. Tubala Matu Nazik Mazan or the Tombani is what the Lagar is. So when we look at the eye, for instance, uh, and we, we look at what is emptiness. It's merely the emptiness of the I, the selflessness of the I, is that I come, the I that's here right now is a collection of things that have come together right now. Like if we take, take it away and just look at what's here right now. There are a collection of things that have come together and then that collection is named as I, Jeff in this case. Jeff has been named. But there is no separate Jeff that is apart from that collection of things that came together and then were named. Jeff's emptiness is the fact that he came together like that and didn't arrive like that all whole. 
So Jeff's emptiness is that Jeff required all of these things coming together to occur. Jeff didn't just arrive as a singular thing all at once without any dependence. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. First, I want to thank you, Jeff, for interpreting, and then I wanted to ask Rinpoche how he's feeling. Rinpoche, Cherenguza Depiembe? Yes, I, I'm fine. I was just curious um, if anything is permanent, which would mean, I guess, in, have intrinsic. I would. This, so is complete Buddhahood considered a type of permanence, or is that? Yes. Yeah, so permanence, permanent things are empty, also. Oh, okay. Permanent yeah. things are also empty. Yeah. Okay, I have to think about that. Thank you very much. Okay. The tapa mi tapa, con sampa, tapa, tomba mayimba, tomba ni, tomba yomare. Then nge lenja so yomare, tapa da mi tapa, nicha tomba, tomba ni. Then con, okay. I just told him what I said, just in case I went crazy. Yeah, just going for a ride. Going for a little ego ride. Have no idea what you're saying, just going for it. Scott's question. Okay. Um so you had had a nihilistic view in a lifetime. Okay. Um and you um come to the realization that that's an incorrect view. Yes. Um is this where the role of uh antidotes come in? Yes. Uh, That's so the purification there, he was talking about, so the application. There, and are there specific ones dependent upon? Okay. Rimache, the Nama Konkichiwa, the Luta Yuna, Luta the Nesong Ju, then the Triwa, then Chan the Deepa Shana, Deepa Datudu. Then Dane, then Juje Denden Yo Marigang in Sena, Deepa Datu. In Contriwa, the Deepa Re 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 Re, Nepo Re Re Re, Yurube, Deepa Kanga, Nepo Kakare, So there are both um, specific antidotes to apply, and then there are universal antidotes that you can apply. We talked more about antidotes, may have been in volume one. Um, yeah. So, how do you know what the specific ones are? Then, then, uh, then the, the um, deepa, deepa, the deepa sana, then the nepo shaguna, the kandre nepo gari yakshud sanodan. Becha gari, becha the the kandre gutsogdu. Nepo got Yakshu Kandre. Yine the Yine the Nama Chiran Sumpre, the 
Dipakashe nepo nepo reje yure. Then the becha kabiare, kanje hakogudu. The chikshina nge the busa seson. Then nge the the nepo dan tmo. Nepo tmo shago. Then becha kaba kabalo. Becha gabane. The nepo data nepo kabiare. So in um, the Lamrim Chemo and um, other texts, you'll find specific um, uh, ways of changing behavior, ways of acknowledging downfalls. He said, Rinpoche said, I, I'm, it's not coming to my mind right now, so I'm just translating at this point, um, where there are um, specific ways. But generally speaking, um, if meditation upon emptiness and the mind that aspires to enlightenment is the most powerful um, antidote to all negativities, because ultimately all negativities arise from misapprehension, misunderstanding. So... Meditation upon emptiness is the ultimate antidote to misunderstanding. And if it's coupled with bodhicitta, then it's, it's a cause for Buddhahood. So it, it then becomes the greatest understanding of emptiness, which is the um, 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 compassion which has the observationless as its object or something like, remember the three types of great compassion, the one that observes emptiness then it becomes the highest if it's coupled with bodhicitta. Tuchena Ramche. Seldu. And then the also there the individual signs uh, are in the Lam Rim Chemo too that in some of the other texts where how you know if a purification has taken place in dreams. Um, so you, you'll also find that information in there. And also Rinpoche has given the teaching a million times about the third dream state and so forth and, and, and acknowledging it and seeing what's there. But yeah, so let's do it. Concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Thank you everybody for coming. I don't know where my book is. And just always remember, we'll keep Rinpoche in our prayers for his continued health and, and well-being and, and also make aspirations that he follows the rules. Please. Maybe it'll help. Let's make aspirations. And also thank you again, Nima, for, for helping so much with Rinpoche. Tuchena Charan Rinpoche Rinpoche Gudu Sansan Kali Kabudu Charan Kadran Chembo Ngatsushira Gagudu so I was saying that it's very kind and we're, you know, it's hard sometimes to do what he has to do and it's thankful. And it's difficult when you and culturally have to understand that Rinpoche is like, a, I don't want to say a god because that's not the way that the religion is, but he's considered so famous and important that when Rinpoche is walking down the street, you'll see people just rush to the side of the road and like even sometimes like get in ditches if you're in Drepung like some places, and uh, so it's very hard for somebody to then come and take care of um, someone who you've looked up to and see as almost like a god, 
and then you have to you know enforce rules and so it's it's very difficult so i just want to say thank you genla um because it's very difficult difficult job <clears throat> Fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful, Avogateshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tujiram Chikusi Shapi Denonang. Memba Lapja Kanga.